so yes, I want to thank everybody for coming today. I want to thank uh, Mix Magazine, uh, MPSC and CAS, and of course, Tommy, and the guys at Sony for inviting me to speak today. A single sound has the power to set a scene. A single drop of rain that slowly sets the mood in a post-apocalyptic desert, in creating a sign that is slowly moving back and forth, or an upcoming footstep that holds the clues as to what is coming next, whether that footstep contains anger, excitement, or threat of an adversary, or perhaps an echoed yell of misery, or the tension-filled moment of pure silence. There are a few examples of how sound can be used to inform, entertain, and emote a sense of things to come, to tell a story, and to create an experience. Now, I've been lucky enough to be able to work and create sounds on, over numerous mediums, from the linear world of, of movies and television to the interactive experiences of gaming and virtual reality. I've been able to take my art and tell stories in each of these mediums. So I thought I'd discuss some of my thoughts in working in these different industries and perhaps give some insight as to where we're all headed. To see the future, I believe one has to understand the past, to understand the underlining nature of entertainment. Now, back in the days where humans sat around the campfire discussing the drama of the hunt, creating a narrative of heroism and valor and the capture of their prey, so, or perhaps battling evil and conquering its foes, sacrifice and honor in the cause of good against evil. And another story that speaks to those of us who are often ignored, the misfit, the loner, the unpopular. But after being triumphant, rising to the occasion, is now the dark hero now having purpose and praise and respect. So the stories go. At first verbally told from generation to generation, we invented ways to preserve these stories, beginning with chiseling our adventures in stone and then creating drawings and paintings, and eventually using language, which we copied onto scrolls, paper, and eventually into books. We tried to find ways to share and preserve these stories that have been passed down through the generations. Now, as an audience, we have passively been watching. There we go. We have now been passively watching through a window, being voyeurs into the drama of another character's life, reenacting the stories of old. And with the creation of each story, we keep increasing the heights of our imaginations. Creating stories about the gods or adventures of being obtaining the power of the gods, or the reluctant hero that saves the day, saves the tribe, saves the country, saves the world. As technology has evolved, we've been able to take those things that were once thoughts and imagination and bring it to life, to tickle the senses, to share those moments, those emotions, those experiences, to perhaps live in another person's shoes and experience those stories as if they were our own. Now, as audio artists, we are in charge of the oral senses, whether it's creating a scene from a, uh, with music and harmonic structure to underlining the emotional underscore and rhythm, or to create the emotion of valor, of love, of loss, of tragedy, to use audio to create a foreign landscape, alien languages, intergalactic starships and weapons, to explore the emotions, the emotional harmonic of sound that takes an audience and react in a certain way, to strike awe, to strike fear, to make a child giggle. 
we have become audio psychologists, audio photographers, capturing the world and manipulating it into other realities and other emotions. So is the job of the audio artist, the composer, the sound designer, the editor, the mixer, to engage in a tango of rhythms and melodies, of sounds and spoken word, to create a mosaic in sonic time that becomes a tapestry of audio and visual storytelling. Now, of passive participants viewing through the looking glass, we enjoy peeking into the lives and dramas of our favorite stories and characters. Now, as children, we would, relieve the, we would relive those moments by play-acting those stories we just saw, using a blanket as a cape, tinfoil as a suit of armor, and a broom handle as a sword, with our dressed-up pet as our unenthused valiant steed. Now, as adults, we're able to use technology that, instead of the child inside running to the playground, we drive home and enter into an interactive realm of fantasy and experience and can relive those stories that enthrall us. We're in a battle suit while taking on an exotic creature or fly through the sky or the universe having special powers or technology. Now you no longer have to watch passively, but now you can participate, whether in your own unique experience or within a mass population of online participants. Taking on different identities, different sexes, you can be the hero, the villain, the alien, battling the elements, surviving a zombie apocalypse. So since the beginning, us as humans, we like to share and tell our stories. And with each generation, many times telling the exact same stories of misunderstood love, of good against evil, or the lamb rising to become the lion. Technology has taken us from the campfire to the written word, to the reenactment of those performances on radio, on the big screen, on television, and now onto digital reproductions that can be streamed onto your watch, your mobile device, and your goggles. So how does audio fit into all of this? Let's, uh, let's uh, dig deeper into how we use our craft and tell our stories to create immersive experiences. Up until now, recently, audiences have been passive participants with audio revolving around the spoken word. Very good. Establishing characters through the use of language and subtext. Characters interact with each other and weave a series of tension and releases, conflicts and resolutions. We honor and protect the spoken word and those performances. We have learned that for the most part, dialogue is always the center of attention and the center of our oral focus, both spatially and through frequency. It is the foundation of that experience. Well, then comes the flavor of emotion, the secret sauce that melds everything together, the music. Music has the power to shape a scene with excitement, joy, fear, apprehension, and pure insanity. Music can take an actor's performance and take it to another level of emotion, to take the audience on an emotional journey as they plot their way through the story. Lastly are the sounds of realism, the sound effects, the glue that listeners, the basic glues the listener to the scene, creating an atmosphere of information to better enhance that story. Now, linear storytelling has evolved into the land of the make-believe, opening the creative use of sounds by something called the sound designer. To create characters, creatures, environments that are rooted in other realities, 
lending to the creative exploration of sonic signatures that don't exist in nature, but just have just enough fundamentals in reality to be believed, while introducing us to a new vocabulary in the sound lexicon. From the roadrunner to the Hollywood punch, to the lightsaber, to characters communicating languages that we understand, though not spoken through the written word, but a series of clicks, beeps, and chirps like R2-D2. We work to exhilarate the audiences by using frequency and spatial information to create an immersive experience, rocking the room through subs and spinning audio around the theater. This is what we've been brought up to experience entertainment on the big and small screen. As we enter into other forms of entertainment, we start to be able to become participants within that story, within the experience. In interactive entertainment, such as gaming, the player determines how they would navigate through the experience and at what pace. So music and sound has to take a different approach. While the goals of linear interactive storytelling have similarities, how we get there is very different. In linear, you only have two options, to continue or to exit the story. In interactive entertainment, you become the camera. Now you have to think of audio from a different perspective. From a realistic approach, you start thinking of objects or characters as sound sources, as sound emitters, that if approached or interacted with, they produce a sound or a series of sounds. Some game engines use physics, that when two objects collide, they would generate a sound. Based on the velocity of that impact, it will determine how and what sounds will be played. So, how often a sound is triggered will also determine what variations of sounds will be played as if the sound, same sound wouldn't be repeated again. This is basically hitting a drum. You don't want to keep hearing the same sound over and over. It changes a little bit each time. So the interactive entertainment, you have to think of each sound and its variations through numerous conditions, such as where is the sound placed? What are the spatial attributes of that space? And how does that sound interact with it? Also, what is the distance of the sound emitter to the listener and how will it change as the player changes distances? Also, how is frequency affected by distance and space? All of this you have to think about. All these situations have to be designed and programmed for each sound and sound emitter. Creatively, you can design variations and spatial perspectives for each sound effect that play under specific conditions. Or, you can use DSPs such as EQ to simulate distance and obstruction or many times it's a little bit of both. So you set up ranges of states and conditions based on the environment and character's interactivity. Sometimes the software will use physics-based solutions and use math to figure out how an object within a given space will be placed within that space. However, while being accurate is not always the best way to tell a story or to create emotion. As audio artists, we like to manipulate physics such as the Hollywood punch. We've become accustomed to hearing that giant hit and slap. Though if that sound were produced in real life, it would be a one-punch fight. Another example is if we're delivering a line of dialogue from across a gymnasium. At that distance from the camera, dialogue would be almost unintelligible. So we have to manipulate physics and acoustics in a way that we can understand what the character is saying, but give just enough reverb to make that space believable. 
In linear formats, you just add a reverb to it and you can control it. But in interactivity, it's not that easy. The machine is controlling it. So you have to program that. Now the mix is created by the player. Their placement, their environment, when they're controlling objects such as weapons or tools or interacting with different characters, all these have to be determined. And we have to determine how the dialogue, music, and effects will be affected and how it will be mixed. So this is created by setting up conditions while programming to have sounds be heard and mixed in ways that help enhance the experience and the story. So what Pro Tools is to linear, Weiss and FMOD are to interactive. These are audio programs that are like Uber sample playback systems. It allows each sound emitter to access a container of sound files that could be combined, manipulated, and access a chain of DSP, basically plugins, and control how that sound will be used spatially. In the end, the audio will be output in numerous multi-channel formats, such as Atmos, 7151, as well as spatial stereo using HRTF for listening on headphones and etc. Remember that in games, hundreds of sounds are constantly interacting with each other, and there are many techniques to decide if and when a sound is heard such as what is the priority of that sound against another sound, and, and is dialogue the highest priority, or is it not, based on the goal of the experience. In some games, it's not meant to be aesthetic fabric of a story, but instead using sonic tools to give important information to the player about an upcoming adversary, so they can quickly react to the threat, creating a sonic radar to the player so they can react within a split second to someone behind them. Now audio is being used as a strategic tool, and this is very big in esports. Uh, and uh, Riot's been able to sell at the Staples Center in about an hour. But interactive ten entertainment doesn't have to be traditional games like what we've experienced up to this point. It can be about interacting with computer simulators or real persons in real times in a different world, a different place, and a different time and many times it allows you to be a different kind of person, or a different person. In VR and AR, sound yet again plays a slightly different role, putting a slightly different role than just putting games in VR. Audio is a compilation of both linear and interactivity, giving the viewer access to six degrees of freedom. Now most VR titles use a hybrid version of going from point A to point B techniques. The goal is to advance the viewer throughout the experience, while giving an uh, an endless, op uh, uh, an endless uh, possibility and options. The challenge is how do we navigate the player? Now, audio is a great tool to accomplish this. When a voice from behind you whispers, hey, follow me, you end up turning towards that voice. If you're a distant door close, your hunter instincts will propel you to want to investigate it. It's just human nature. Or perhaps a tension-filled horror title move you away from what you hear if it means pain and discomfort. So in this scenario, audio is no longer post-production, but is actually a production tool that's woven into the script, something that needs to be figured out from when the project is first created. It is very important to decide what sounds will be played, and more importantly, what won't get played, so you can focus the player or the viewer. There's a term in, in, in audio called, uh, for virtual reality called presence. Uh, uh, presence is the immersion into virtual reality. It's a perception of being physically present in a non-physical world. 
The perception is created by surrounding the user of the VR system in images, sound, and other stimuli that provides an engrossing total environment from Wikipedia. Right. So like, like in gaming, the audio director, the designer, the mixer will still need to determine and understand audio masking issues. This is often very challenging due to the interactive options that each sound produces. So a little background of audio, we receive spatial information from two channels using headphones. And uh, this is something which we call head-related transformer function, which is HRTF, which is basically how we hear. Now when, a sound, when an object emits sound, it is received by the ear in such a way that one ear will hear it before the other. And this gives the brain spatial information as to the location of the sound, as well as how the sound's reflections compare against the initial impulse of that sound, giving us a spatial depth of field. As, audience, uh, as artists and audio gods, um, we like to use our powers to rewrite physics, to rewrite the way we hear. In real life sound transmission, hearing is kind of a single point spread, closer to mono or XY. When a sound passes by, it's as more of a spatial shift than a pan, like spatial audio tilt rather than a full left ear to right ear experience. This is widely because sound in nature is reflecting off of numerous objects, and the sound source and its many reflections are hitting the ear at once. This is diffusing or smearing the location of that sound. Now, as we listen to, let's say, a film in a controlled environment, let's say using Dolby Atmos, we hear drastic initial impulses of that sound revealing its movements as the sound zooms around the room from multiple sound sources. The room being acoustically treated gives us a better control over the diffusion and the smearing of sound, which makes for an exciting experience. Now we can design our hearing to be more like ORTF, or spaced pair. We can rewrite biology and physics and give the listener an exaggerated way of hearing, like having a really big head or really big ears. In goggles and headphone environments, we have to make the choice of how we want to listen. This is important. Whether it's documentary style, that's being very realistic, like the way we normally hear, or being able to stretch the realms of the physical reality and, and give the listener bionic hearing. This is important in immersive headphone-based audio because when a programmer is creating audio tools, they have to decide how the listener will hear and what options they'll give the audio artist to rewrite those laws of physics. But we have one major flaw in using headphone-based spatial 3D audio and that has to do with the physical dimensions of our heads and the shape of our ear canal. In recreating and simulating spatial information into headsets, you need to understand the way the head affects sound. From the shape of your head to the distance between your ears and the ear canal, all those distance and shapes factor into how you perceive spatial information. Here's where we recreate spatial audio. Well, here's where spatial audio basically falls apart. In creating simulated models, you have to decide what heads or head will be modeled. You know, basically, what is the size of your head? What part of the world are you in? And what types of heads are you modeling? Now, some people can hear 3D audio and others can't, or others hear it very subtly. It's because the model of one person's head doesn't fit the shape of another person's head. And this is a problem. So each person 
each person's head is different than the other. So no matter what order of ambisonic, whether you do choose first, second, third order, or way higher, it all falls apart at the very last part of the audio chain. The solution, I believe, is to create a personal model of your head, using a phone perhaps to measure from ear to ear the shape of your head, and perhaps even using a form of sonar to map the inner ear canal, thus getting you a much closer model of your head and how you actually hear. Now, many of us have different experiences in VR, and I'll guess many of them haven't been all that good. But let me give you some ideas of where I think we could go and what the potentials are. I'd like to say VR in LA won't be that popular because in LA, it's sunny and it's conducive to being outside, to be fit, to jog, to run, who wants to be stuck inside, go outside. But there are places in the world where the environments are not so pleasant, forcing most of the population indoors. For those who live in those places, finding ways to escape indoors is always the goal. And if you're financially challenged, it makes it much harder. We all have to find ways to get away, to take a moment and leave our lives and become something else. This can be a huge draw for VR. And if you're in the hospital, either as a burn victim or hate to say end of life, you can be transported out of the hospital and live your remaining time experiencing your favorite activity or place. And perhaps be in a virtual world with those people who can't make it. VR is just in its infancy. Yep. Did I get there? Nope. Never mind. Okay. VR is just in its infancy. There's been a lot of hype with VR and AR. But now we are slowly moving from communicating through a window to actually being in an environment, interfacing with friends and coworkers, and all of this is going to need audio. In regards to AR, I feel that it's the evolution of the computer. We've gone from desktops and laptops to tablets to phones, and each time getting smaller and more portable. Eventually, your whole computer screen will be your whole vision, a world of virtual sticky notes around the room superimposed on your reality. Learning and education will drastically change. The way we ingest entertainment will change, and these are good and bads. Unfortunately, we'll probably live in a forest of nonstop virtual billboards. Yep, we're screwed. A world visually shouting at us, but audio, if done right, can help us focus towards objects and away from others. So remember the military-style portable phones before cell phones came out that you could buy? And it looked like something out of World War II. If someone told you that that device would shrink and that your whole life, your business, and your pleasure will take place in something the size of a tricorder, you wouldn't have believed it. So I believe in VR and AR and similar points in time. The picture needs to be way better. Audio can't be down-firing squares just covering the frequencies of dialogue. But like everything before it, it'll all progress. It'll get smaller, and it will also become an extension of our senses. If I were starting now, I'd have to understand where my passions lie. I think having a background in music and computer programming or scripting is always helpful. Understanding the audio chain from the microphone to the mix. Being able to listen to the world around you 
and create a, an eternal sonic vocabulary of all those things that exist in nature and those sounds that have been created in entertainment's past that has been added to the lexicon of generations. Streaming and entertainment, streaming entertainment and television is experienced a new renaissance. Gaming has become a major form of entertainment on par with movies. There are now more opportunities than ever before. I've always believed to follow your passion, to become really good at what you love. Then with a little sprinkle of luck, a little strategy, and a lot of passion, financial reward can follow. Now you'll, ask, uh, now you'll be asked to work really hard and having to focus creatively until you can't think anymore. So if you don't really love this business, don't do it. But if you're just a little bit crazy and you can't imagine doing anything else, then welcome to the Audio Funny Farm. But I started the discussion talking about stories and storytelling. Using sounds artistically, you know, I liked Mark's speech a couple years ago centered around the why. Why we use specific sounds in a specific place in a specific time. It is actually a pretty profound question. As painters of sounds, our goal is to help storytellers tell their stories, to use our toolbox and tricks and techniques, to become so efficient with our tools that we forget the science for a moment and focus on emotion, to transcend reality and, and create a journey of escapism. So what is my prediction? Well, like we've been doing since the birth of humanity and each generation, each generation will keep telling the same stories, but in their own unique voice. While the mediums have changed over time, we are still telling similar stories and sharing experiences from the time of the campfire to the future inside the holodeck. To experience life, to conquer evil, to save the world, to find love, where the guy gets the girl or the girl gets the guy or where people find each other, that's pretty much our goal. Thank you and remember to listen.